drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Good morning to you. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. 72% of Americans, according to a recent poll, all feel that the crisis on the border is very, very concerning. Not just for the children that are in the middle of the chaos of all of this. There are two terrorists were arrested, apparently, just, just recently uh, from Yemen. So that's a crazy story. Of course, we talked yesterday briefly about uh, Major League Baseball having an issue with Georgia and all the Coca-Cola, all these companies. You know, what's going on in America? Has society lost its absolute mind? Uh, joining us on the program later this hour, Michael Knowles from The Daily Wire is going to be on with us to talk about the woke culture, the insanity of society from a Catholic perspective. Michael's been talking a lot about his faith. Um, recently. He always has, of course, but I think more so recently we're going to ask him about that and a lot more. So a big guest segment coming up this hour with Michael Knowles from The Daily Wire. Also in the program, Sarah Cortez, our friend, is going to be back on the program to talk about the Catholic literary arts. That'll be in the What's Concerning Us section. So instead of a, a what's con- normal What's Concerning Us section, Sarah Cortez will be on to talk about Catholic literary arts and how that might help your kids or your grandkids possibly become incredible, fearless Catholic writers. So that's coming up in this hour as well as breaking news and stories, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and a ton more Catholic Drive Time content. Of course, uh, Emily Alcrez is back in the studio from the Windy City. Good morning to you, Emily. Good morning, Joe. It's good to be back in town, and happy Easter. Yeah, praise be to God. How was the weather in Chicago? Gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous. So beautiful. In the 70s. And 70s. very sunny. Yeah. It, it's it's in the 70s already in Chicago? Oh, yeah. And it's going to stay like that all summer. <laughs> really? <laughs> yep. That's Wow. I thought it would be like still freezing up there. No? I guess no. not. Well, praise be to God. Well, speaking of freezing, Adrian Fonseca is here. Good morning to you, Adrian. I am. I am so cold right now. So cold. <laughs> so no, cold. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, well, good morning. Good morning. Slightly chilly in the Houston Metroplex area today, but that's okay. Praise be to God. Uh, big show for you today, Adrian. You're big show for me. Yes, I'm, I'm really excited. I am a huge fan of Michael Knowles. I've been watching him for years. Uh, so, and, and I have his, uh, his famous book uh, on reasons to vote Democrat, a comprehensive guide, which is a, uh, just a blank book. I mean, we no were, pages. just off air, we were talking about Timothy Gordon could not get published right now for a book he's trying to get done. But uh, Michael Knowles publishes a whole book with no words. And, voila. and it's a bestseller. And it's, a, it's a bestseller. <laughs> and my brother got it for me for, uh, for Christmas like a year ago. It was an excellent book. Read it 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all? Just 10? Took you that I long? got kind wow. of bored with it. Okay. Well, praise be to God, Michael Knowles is going to be a great guest. We're looking forward to that. Now, I had planned this week to have an incredible, very high-level guest on, former CIA agent whose job it is to track down human traffickers uh, on the program. We had to reschedule him for, I think it's two weeks from now. He's going to be on the April 20th. His name is Nick McKinley. Huge, huge uh, uh, player you know, on the world stage for hunting down human traffickers. And I'm very excited about having him on to raise awareness to the, to the plight of so many human beings 
on the earth today who are enslaved, the sex slave trade, the human trafficking, is such a major thing. I mean, beyond your imagination how bad this thing is. And it's happening on our streets in America. We are the number one consumer of uh, supplying the demand for human slaves. And Nick McKinley is going to be a great guest. So we had to bump him back. Uh, and we're going to have some great guests this week, though. So Michael Knowles being today, of course, we're going to have, was it the producer or director of the Roe v. Wade movie? He is the director, producer, and I think he's also a minor character in the in the show in the movie Roe v. Wade. So he will be on on Wednesday, which is on Amazon Prime. Which is Go on Amazon it. Prime. Excellent movie. So we'll be talking to him on Wednesday. Oh, and Michael Lofton will be on tomorrow yeah. to answer your tough questions. So if you have like a really a stumper like about the Catholic faith, you know Michael Lofton. We want to give him a chance to uh, to answer the toughest, most difficult questions possible. So he'll be on tomorrow as well as the producer director of Roe v. Wade. And then on Thursday, we are going to have uh, Patrick Coffin. He got canceled off of YouTube for daring to uh, sort of conversate about the official narrative of vaccines. And uh, so we're going to have him on about the cancel culture. So it's going to be a fun week. Lots of Catholic drive time headed your way. Let's pray. We have a lot to get into today. Whatever your intentions are, we're asking Our Lady, Queen of Heaven, to intercede for you and for us as well. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. The Biden administration has opened another two emergency holding facilities used to temporarily house unaccompanied minors who illegally crossed into the United States amid the ongoing crisis at the southern border. Both facilities are located in Texas and will receive their first group of unaccompanied children on Monday, who will be transferred out of U.S. Customs and Border Protection custody, according to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office on Refugee Resettlement. The, fac the facility has a potential of 2,400 beds. The administration has been opening up such facilities to address the significant surge of illegal border crossings in recent weeks. It is seeking to build capacity for 13,500 beds with the potential for additional capacity in order to meet what has been a continuous flow of un unaccompanied minors coming across the border. During the month of March, Border Patrol apprehended more than 150,000 illegal border crossers, 50,000 more than in February. Senate parliamentarian Elizabeth McDonough ruled in an opinion to allow the Democrats in the evenly split 50-50 Senate to use the reconciliation process again in fiscal year 2021, a spokesman for Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said on Monday. The ruling potentially allows Democrats to pass President Joe Biden's $2 trillion infrastructure proposal, dubbed the America Jobs Plan, via the reconciliation process, a procedural tool that allows a bill related to taxes, spending, and debt to be passed in the chamber by a simple 51-vote majority, rather than having to pass the 60-vote filibuster threshold that would require support from 10 Republicans. The process also limits debate on the bill to 20 hours. 
Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm said on Sunday that Biden would be prepared to push through his infrastructure package without any Republican support. And the Vatican has reported losing over $100 million since the COVID-19 pandemic began. The losses are believed to be in large part due to the loss of Rome's tourism industry. The Vatican announced in late March that it would continue COVID-19 restrictions throughout Easter. The restrictions have seen the Vatican Museums close several times since last March, which has halted one of their largest revenue, revenue draws. The Vatican has had to cut the salaries of cardinals, staff, and religious. Cardinals in particular faced a 10% pay cut across the board. These decreases were noted to be indefinite, suggesting the Vatican expects a slow recovery even where were the pandemic to end. The Vatican has banded behind the Italian vaccination effort, which could help tourism return to Rome. Pope Francis led an effort to vaccinate 1,200 of the poor and homeless who reside around St. Peter's Square. The square was the site of the vaccination booths, but it is otherwise empty of visitors. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Tuesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Blessed Maria Korowska, pray for us. Born on the 4th of September, 1865 in Poland, born into a large and pious family, Maria was in her teens when she was orphaned and became an apprentice seamstress in Berlin, Germany. She always had a devotion to the Sacred Heart and developed a ministry to the sick in the city. She felt the call to religious life and became the founder of the Sisters of the Divine Shepherd of Divine Providence, or the Good Shepherd Sisters, on the 8th of September, 1896. The sisters worked for the moral and social rehabilitation of prostitutes and care for those suffering from related diseases. Blessed Maria would say, make Christ more visible than we ourselves. She died on the 24th of March, 1935. She was beatified on June 6, 1997 by Pope St. John Paul II. Blessed Maria Korowska, pray for us. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. Mary Magdalene stayed outside the tomb, weeping. And as she wept, she bent over into the tomb and saw two angels in white sitting there, one at the head and one at the feet, where the body of Jesus had been. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken my Lord, and I don't know where they laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus but did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? She thought it was the gardener and said to him, Sir, if you carried him away, tell me where you laid him, and I will take him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabunai, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Stop holding on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and tell them, I am going to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and then reported what he had told to her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This is the this is the passage I wanted yesterday. I wanted this one yesterday before. It's like we've mixed these up. This one needed to be first, and then yesterday's would would have been perfect today. 
but whatever. I'm not in charge. They don't ask my opinion. Uh, it pa- powerful passage. Did you notice, like, if you, this were a if this were a play unfolding before your eyes, look upon the stage and notice the 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 elements that are at stake here. Right? You have uh, angels. You have a gardener. You have a woman, and you have a garden. The tomb in John's gospel is a garden tomb, not all that far from Calvary. Does this remind you of anything else in sacred scripture? It ought to take you all the way back to Genesis chapter 2 and Genesis chapter 3, where Adam was given the job to be the gardener, to keep, to till, to abudah, and to shamar the garden sanctuary, to extend the boundaries of paradise by conquering the wilderness, by bringing the image of God itself into the wilderness. That was his job, and to protect all therein, including the woman, and be king over the creatures, which he failed to do, as we well know. And, of course, Eve, when when she was brought to Adam at the very end of Genesis chapter 2, we know those famous incredible words of covenant between the two. Adam would say, bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, woman! So we see these elements here. This is a new garden paradise that was unfolding before our eyes in John's gospel. We see a new Adam and a new woman. And in this case, uh, Mary Magdalene, according to the fathers of the church, uh, play a role here. Uh, She stands in the position of the church about to proclaim the good news of Christ's resurrection to the disciples and to the world. St. Gregory the Great says, perhaps, however, the woman was right in believing Jesus to be the gardener. Was not he the spiritual gardener who, by the power of his love, had sown strong seeds of virtue in her breast? He would go on to say, uh, so the sin of mankind is buried in the very place whence it came forth. For whereas in paradise the woman gave the man the deadly fruit, a woman from the sepulcher announced life to men. A woman delivers the message of him who raises us from the dead, as a woman had delivered the words of the serpent who slew us. I love the typology here. And St. Gregory the Great really delivers on all of this. We, as the disciples, must go into the world. Stop laying hold of him. But rather, let's go and tell others, as uh, St. Bede would say, and St. Augustine and all the fathers of the church. Let's lay hold of the word of God in a way that we can communicate it to the rest of the world. Amen? We'll be right back. More Catholic Drive Time is headed your way. Don't go anywhere. Have you ever dialogued with someone who espouses relativism, which says there is no truth or it might be true for you, but not for me? It's pretty frustrating. Deep down, we know these claims are false, but we often don't know why. Here's the reason. To say there is no truth is a contradiction. The assertion is tantamount to saying it's true that there is no truth. Plain absurdity. Now the other position, there is no absolute truth, just truth relative to the individual set of beliefs, is problematic as well. The usage of the verb is implies an assertion about the objective order of things. It's the same thing as saying it's absolutely true that there is no absolute truth, which of course is a contradiction. No matter how the relativist slices the pie, he ends up with a contradiction, making relativism an unreasonable worldview. 
I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Hi, Joe McClain here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Praise be to God. I'm your host, Joe McClain. It is good to be on with you. Christ is risen. Truly, He is risen. Happy Easter. Good news. Uh, it's the Easter octave, so uh, there's no fast days, I think, this week. Praise be to God. So meat, meat, meat. A lot of meat going on this week. Um, but I, you know, uh, Michael Knowles is going to be our guest in the guest segment coming up, I don't know, 18, 20 minutes from now. We're going to be talking about the insanity of, of society. Is it too late? Is there anything we can do about this? I mean, uh, to, to give ourselves over to the woke culture, uh, we see this more and more in our friends, our family, our communities. Michael Knowles has really been speaking out a lot about this on his program on Daily Wire. So we've invited him on to, uh, to conversate with us about that. You know, but recently I was reading... Uh, Revolution and Counter-Revolution by Professor Plinio. Um, and part of the, when we, when we face the craziness in our world, we are expected, we have an obligation to do something about that. And that's part of the reason why we invited Ms. Sarah Cortez back on our program to talk about Catholic literary arts. If we are going to change society for the better, if we're going to have a lasting impact, well, we have to start doing something. And one of the things that Sarah has brought her gifts, her talents to the table with is to teach the next generation um, the skills necessary to leverage those things to impact culture on a deep level. And that's what Catholic Literary Arts does at its core. Good morning to you, Sarah Cortez. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. It's good to see you. It is excellent to see you. Uh, Catholic Literary Arts, it's been a while since you've been on, so give us the elevator pitch. Okay, elevator pitch. We exist to help Catholic writers and all writers of faith with their skills, their confidence, uh, spiritual support, and intellectual support. And we start, we start as young as first graders. Wow. We, we have programs in the schools, in the Catholic schools, that uh, start with first and second graders. And we go up to 12th grade with our, our children's and teens programs. And for adults, we go up to age 99. Age and, I mean, I feel sorry for those octogenarians <laughs> that are no longer uh, applicable, I guess, <laughs> who really want to be fearless writers. You know? Well, you're much too young to know about any of that, Joe. I don't but... <laughs> know. I got two grandkids and gray hair going here. Look, if we, if we as people of faith, don't start telling our, our stories and tell them well, yeah. The other side's not going to get them right. Yeah. You know, uh, the power of writing has been an implement of, of not just of ideas, but an implement to change society for as far back as it's been in use. I mean, I was just watching a video of, of pictographs on stone walls, you know, that go back thousands of years. They're still impacting people who see those things today. Uh, and we know that there is a war for the youth going on. 
Oh, absolutely. I, I, I mean, Planned Parenthood's known for going into schools and trying to teach their version of things. So I think this is incredible uh, to see an organization that's trying to provide the, the necessary skills, but also the motivations and the inspirations to embrace and love their faith and then share it with the world through this skill, this medium. Absolutely. We use uh, Catholic writers as some of our writing prompts in the classroom. But here's something else very important. Mm-hmm. We hire incredible people of faith who are professional educators to be in front of your children mm-hmm. in the classroom. There's uh, nothing like a living role model. And you have one on, we have one on the phone right now. Miss Leslie Clinton joins us by phone. Good morning to you, Leslie. Good morning to you, Leslie. Good morning. Praise be to God. Thank you for uh, being on with us this morning. We were just talking with Miss Cortez about, uh, you know, she was just mentioning how she only hires the best. And then uh, then your name came up. So no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> well, thank you, Sarah. <laughs> uh, we were talking about uh, the mission of Catholic Literary Arts. Um, mm-hmm. And I know you're going to be teaching at a at a camp that's going to go on this summer it's happening in the Houston mm-hmm. area, and the reason why we're bringing it up on Catholic Drive Time is because we think this is a model that could expand around the country. Um, tell us oh, about your yeah. involvement in in Catholic Literary Arts. Well, I have such joy getting to participate in this camp every summer. Um, I'm a I'm a teacher during the school year at Strake Jesuit College Preparatory, and so I get to work with wonderful students throughout the academic year. And then in the summer, I get this wonderful immersive experience where we focus entirely on writing. Um, and, you know, writing within that context of our faith lives. Um, so there's a lot of work of the Holy Spirit going on. Amen. Uh, throughout the week. And we have, you know, we have enthusiastic writers who come to us who, who are just ready to, you know, they have all of these creative gifts that are waiting to be nurtured. And we get to do that and really focus on it throughout the week. And we see so so much work produced and just so much confidence and joy. We also get reluctant writers who haven't ever had the experience. And, and there's you just can't, um, you can't not be excited after a week spent focusing in this way creatively with um, this low uh, teacher-to-student ratio and, and, you know, kind of just all the joy that surrounds this experience, our students leave with so much new confidence and new skills and strategies to use, and uh, it's they're appreciative and it's always a joy. I always leave revived uh, after that experience. You know, Sarah, she was just talking about confidence. Oh, boy, I, that really resonated with me because I I instantly thought back of uh, when I was a kid. You ever seen the movie Ratatouille? You're, there's that scene where he yeah. smells something and he's instantly whipped back to his childhood. Yeah. That just happened to me, actually. I was just thinking about my own uh, experience as a kid in like uh, elementary and middle school. Uh, a terrible writer. Grammar was horrendous. I couldn't spell. I still can't spell to save my life. Um, <laughs> you know, and it really zaps your confidence. It really, you really feel insecure around your, mm-hmm. your peer group. You don't, you're always afraid of what, uh, when people read your, Writing, what are they going to think? What are they going to? How will they judge you as a person because right. because of what you said? So I think it's brilliant on many levels. Uh, one to build their confidence, but two to leverage that confidence for the glory of God and the salvation of souls. 
Well, that's what we try to do, Joe, and that's one reason why it's very important to us to hire professional educators. And the each class is has a maximum of 20 students. So, and each class has two teachers in the classroom mm-hmm. 100% of the time. So, this gives the kids an ease for asking questions, mm-hmm. for being able to say things that even adults say, which is, it's a blank page, I don't know what to do, what do I do next, where do I start, <laughs> yeah. you know, right, Leslie? Mm-hmm, that's right. And the, the, the lowered pressure of not having to worry about grades mm. is huge. You know, it's just a joyful experience to discover those gifts that they've been given and the power of the written word. Um, you know, and, and to think about what, you know, what's God calling me to do with the, you know, this creative gift inside me and with my ability to use words, um, you know, to, to create something, to reach people, to form connections. And they don't have to worry about that number, you know, that grade being put on something. So they're, the confidence and the kind of their ability to, to take those, those intellectual risks mm-hmm. is increased and it's, it's very fruitful. Let's talk about the, uh, the the details of the camp that's happening this summer in Houston. Sure. Your, our dates are Monday, June 14th to Friday, June 18th. Mm-hmm. It's located at the beautiful University of St. Thomas. Um, mm-hmm. Registration is going on right now. There are limited spots available. So I encourage parents to go on our website, which is catholicliteraryarts.org, catholicliteraryarts.org and register their kids because we are filling up fast. Yeah. Now, this is a model that could be duplicated, though. Oh, It doesn't absolutely. have to just exist mm-hmm. in Houston, Texas, for instance. This is a model that could spread throughout the country. How would that happen? That would happen, Joe, by uh, parents being interested, talking to the principal, uh, the principal talking to us, because our function in, in that kind of situation as we go into other archdioceses, which we are definitely considering, mm-hmm. uh, our function would be to get the blessing of the superintendent of Catholic schools. And, you know, we definitely have had that in a beautiful way from Deborah Haney in the uh, Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston, mm-hmm. for several years. We, we get the blessing of the bishop, the archbishop, the superintendent, and we train the teachers we have a specific methodology that has been um, researched and used and shown to produce results, uh, and we teach the teachers that methodology. Uh, in our current uh, archdiocese, we also have after-school programs, and we train those teachers, or in some cases, there are teachers who also teach in summer camp. Excellent. So, so that is our, our model. We're excited. We get a lot... You know, we get people, last year we were virtual, this year we'll be in person, but we have people registering from the, wanting to register on the East Coast, yeah, Canada, West Coast, because they heard about the success of our program last year when we were virtual. We we did a, uh, you allowed me to participate in a poetry contest during Lent, and there was participants from all over the country. That was very exciting. Yes, and there were entries from all over the world. Amen. Yeah. That's amazing. So if someone's interested in maybe expanding this uh, summer writing camp uh, into their neck of the woods, wherever that may be, how would they do that? Where, where, would, where would one start? They, they would start by going to our website, catholicliteraryarts.org. They would hit the Contact Me button, and they would send an email, which will reach my desk. 
Oh, wow. Within seconds, they will reach my desk, <laughs> or they may wish to send me uh, an email on their own to C-A-T-H-L-A dot org okay. at Gmail. Yeah. Either way, uh, we will respond. You know, Joe, some people just like the personality of a phone call. Mm-hmm. So that number is 713-331-9345. Seven one three 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 one nine three four two. Leslie, we only have about a minute left before we have to say goodbye. What would you say to parents who might be on the fence as to whether or not they should invest in something like this for their kids? I just don't think there's anything else like it. And I think it's such a gift to have it, uh, if you're in Houston, to have this close by, and your students will be so excited to be on a college campus, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's such a joyful experience. Um, and, and, you know, it nourishes them academically, intellectually, spiritually, emotionally, um, and it's extraordinarily positive. So I would say do it. <laughs> Praise be to God. We're excited to have them. All right. Well, uh, Miss Leslie Clinton, God bless you and God love you. Thank you for being on our Thank show today. You. Thank you so much. All right, uh, Miss Sarah Cortez, uh, I'm very proud of you for helping to uh, do something about the chaos in our world. And this is a very positive thing for, for families and for kids. We have to, Joe. We have to fight back. Yeah. And Amen. fighting back doesn't necessarily mean you pick up the machete and, and go <laughs> hacking uh, people or places or things. But we have to fight back in a positive way as a good Lord calls us. Amen. Because we, when we stand in front of him in particular judgment, mm. he's not going to take any excuses. Amen. Right? It's the counter-revolution. <laughs> I love it. Uh, CatholicLiteraryArts.org is the website. Catholic. LiteraryArts.org is the website. We'll post a link to it as well. But Miss Sarah Cortez, God love you. God bless you. Thanks for Bye. being on with us today. Uh, that All right. We're going to go to a break. We're going to come back. We'll have breaking news and stories. And then Michael Knowles from The Daily Wire is going to be on our program. Has the world lost its mind? We're going to talk about that very shortly. More Catholic Drive Time is headed your way. Don't go anywhere. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed what happens when people set out to destroy the church? They don't destroy the church, but they manage to wreck everything else. G.K. Chesterton says men who begin to fight the church for the sake of freedom and humanity end up flinging away freedom and humanity if only they may fight the church. The secularists have not managed to destroy divine things, but they have destroyed secular things. Thanks to the war against the church, the world is a mess. We have more disorder, more distress, more discontent than ever before. And that's why we must defend the faith. By defending God's truth, we are defending all truth. By defending the church, we are saving the world. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. 
Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is Tuesday, April 6th, and these are your headlines for today. Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson on Monday vetoed a bill that sought to ban gender reassignment surgeries and hormone treatments for children under the age of 18. Hutchinson said, quote, If House Bill 1570 simply prohibited gender reassignment surgeries, then I would sign the bill. But the bill is overbroad, extreme, and does not grandfather those young people who are currently under hormone treatment. Hutchinson told reporters at a news conference on Monday, The governor added that he believes the state legislature was well-intentioned in passing the bill and acknowledged that his veto could be overridden by the legislators, who passed the bill with an overwhelming majority. He said he has already shared his thoughts with the sponsors of the bill and will wait to see their next moves. HB 1570, also known as the Arkansas Save Adolescents from Experimentation Act, prohibits physicians and healthcare professionals from providing gender transition procedures to minors. The two, the two 13 and 15 year old girls charged in the armed fatal carjacking of a man recently in Washington, D.C., will reportedly receive a plea deal. Police confirmed two young teenagers were formally charged on Wednesday with crimes including felony murder after an alleged carjacking resulted in the death of 66-year-old grandfather Mohammed Anwar on March 23rd. The girls, whose identities have been withheld in light of their status as minors, allegedly hijacked Anwar's vehicle. Following the incident, Anwar's family released a statement and described him as a hardworking immigrant who came to the U.S. in 2014 to build a better life for himself and his family adding the incident resulted in immeasurable loss to the family. D.C. law prohibits a 13-year-old from being tried as an adult. At 15 years old, the D.C. Attorney General's office could petition for a case to be transferred to the adult court system, which usually happens during the first hearing. And Texas Governor Greg Abbott has declined to throw the first pitch at the Texas Rangers' home opener and declined to participate in any Major League Baseball events after the league announced plans to relocate their All-Star game from Atlanta in response to Georgia's newly passed election integrity law. In a tweet, Abbott stated that, It is shameful that America's pastime is not only being influenced by partisan political politics, but also perpetuating false political narratives. The MLB relocating from Atlanta is projected to cost the city as much as $190 million in revenue, hurting Atlanta's majority black population that is just overcoming the pandemic. The initiative sheds light on the MLB's preferences and orientation as they oppose in America a Georgia integrity law while doing business with China, a communist country with an unfortunate human rights record. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Tuesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Thank you, Emily, for keeping us up to date on the headline news. I want to mention that the Catholic Drive Time team is looking for an online volunteer. You could be anywhere on planet Earth if you're a you know, super fan of the Catholic Drive Time team. We could use your help maybe one or two hours a week if you're interested in what that might mean and how that all works. Uh, I would encourage you to send an email to Adrian Fonseca, our producer. You can email him at Adrian at grnonline.com. You can also find his contact information on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. The world seems to have gone absolutely uh, crazy, Uh, insane, woke culture all abound. Has the world lost its mind forever? Is there anything we can do about it? Joining us right now from the Daily Wire, Michael Knowles. Good morning to you, Michael. 
Good morning. Thank you for having me. Christ is risen. Praise be to God. It's good to have you on. Now, I, I have to say, recently, it seems to me anyway, um, that you have been speaking more and more about your faith on your program. I know you always have, but it seems like it's taken an uptick. Is that the case? And what might be motivating that? Well, Holy Week and Easter, I suppose, is as good a time as any to, to be more explicit about one's faith. But, but I, I think you probably are right, which is that uh, right now, this actually ties in well with the woke corporations question. Right now, we are undergoing a massive cultural revolution. And uh, you're seeing this led not just by some government officials or by some bureaucrats, but you're seeing it in the universities, you're seeing it in big technology, you're seeing it in corporate America, you're seeing it all over the place. And for the past, I don't know, 20 or so years, maybe going back even a little bit further, the answer from conservatives who opposed this kind of cultural revolution was to make sort of abstract arguments about procedure. So they would say, well, listen, we're not going to argue for a certain moral standard or a vision of politics or morality, but, you know, we're just going to say that uh, you have no right to infringe on my right to this abstract notion of free speech or something like that. And uh, the that strategy has failed. <laughs> the, the cultural revolutionaries have been extraordinarily successful. And uh, I think that what is incumbent upon us now for anybody who would hope to conserve anything of our culture is to articulate a substantive political vision, a moral vision. And it is simply impossible to do that without recourse to one's faith. Cardinal Manning famously said that all human conflict ultimately is theological. Or, or in more recent days, you've had Andrew Breitbart, who, who is sometimes called the patron saint of Hollywood conservatives. He very famously said that politics is downstream of culture, and culture, of course, is downstream of religion. Cult and culture come from the same root word. And so really, you know, I know that it's become fashionable, even on the right, to say things like, well, you can't legislate morality or something like that. But of course, you necessarily legislate morality. <laughs> All laws refer in some way to the moral order. Uh, it, uh, our country has always understood that the natural law has something to do with our laws, and, and ultimately we're making moral arguments. So I, I think it's important, you know, I, I don't think I'm the only one who's going to be discussing his faith more, uh, particularly now as we see the Biden administration clamping down on religious practice. You see the, the corrosion, the, the erosion of religion to say f uh, free, freedom to worship or something like that. You know, churches closed, no longer is religion a public matter. We're only su supposed to indulge in our religious views in the recesses of our mind. Well, sorry, folks, that's not how it works. <laughs> and so I think you're going to see a lot more people speaking out. Uh, Michael, your uh, forthcoming book, uh, Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds, I find it incredibly fascinating because the I've been talking a lot recently about the whole idea of the importance of definitions and distinctions and how the the left or the woke culture tries to destroy definitions and distinctions. And uh, I am a Thomist at heart, uh, the uh, studied philosophy at the University of St. Thomas, and I love uh, definitions and distinction. That's 99% of philosophy. And the left tries to destroy that. Do you see, uh, how is your book going to address this uh, topic? Well, certainly it is the case that the left attempts to redefine reality by redefining words. 
They think that if they can change the, the words that we use, that they can change the thoughts that we think and the way that we behave. And, and to some degree, this is true. Uh, they've they've had quite a lot of success at it. Obviously, reality reasserts itself in the end, but this is a, a fraught process. And it, it, we've we've called this process for the last 20, 30 years, we've called it political correctness. In my book, I trace it back a little bit further. I think that what we call political correctness or wokeness or use whatever term you want goes back about 100 years, goes back to... And men like Antonio Gramsci, the Italian communist leader and Marxist uh, theorist, who uh, understood that the reason Marxian revolutions failed is because conservatives had the common sense. You know, the, the radicals pretended to speak for the oppressed people, but it turned out the oppressed people didn't like their theories very much. So Gramsci called for what, what would be called a war of position, uh, attaining positions of influence within society to attain cultural revolution, cultural hegemony. And this, uh, these theories were developed more by the Frankfurt School and what's called critical theory. Uh, for those who are confused about what critical theory is, it's pretty simple. The theory is to criticize. <laughs> uh, critical race theory has been in the news a lot these days. Uh, this then, some of those theorists from the Frankfurt School reemerged in the 1960s uh, with the birth of the new left. Herbert Marcuse, in particular, became known as the father of the new left. And I, I think that basically conservatives have not taken these intellectuals seriously enough. We joke about PC and we say, oh, these snowflakes are they're behaving so cra crazily. But really, these were very sophisticated political thinkers, and they've been extraordinarily successful. Uh, and uh, I, I think the, the reason for this is that political correctness lays a trap for conservatives. And the trap is this. The point of political correctness is to destroy the traditional standards. That is its sole purpose. It, it, going back to critical theory or going back to a line from Karl Marx who said that he wanted to undertake, quote, the ruthless criticism of all that exists. So political correctness succeeds by one of two ways. Either when people acquiesce to the new standards, as a lot of squishy conservatives do, or when people eschew standards altogether. So you'll very often hear uh, self-described conservatives say, well, look, I'm not going along with that PC stuff. I just think you should be able to say whatever you want, and do whatever you want. But the, the irony here is that either reaction will permit political correctness to succeed, because the whole point of it is just to destroy the old order. So I think we need a third way. I think it's not just that we go along with, with the PC woke left, and it's not just that we throw our hands up in the air and say, do whatever you want. We have to articulate a substantive moral vision. We have to acknowledge the reality of moral conscience as a judgment of reason. That's going to be the only way we're going to win. All right. Hold that thought. Praise be to God. Michael Knowles is our guest from The Daily Wire. We're talking about the woke culture, the insanity of our society. And when we get back from the break, maybe we can talk about what we can do about it. All that and much more coming up. Got the drive time. It's headed your way. Don't go anywhere. Jesus tells us that for all we ask in prayer, believe that we will receive it and it will be ours. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. That promise from the Gospel of Mark can be difficult to believe because we can all list the times when we really prayed hard but didn't get what we prayed for. Maybe, instead of asking God for what we want, we should be asking God to help us see and accept what He wants to give us. 
In his rule, St. Benedict tells us that we don't need to talk at length in our prayer. It is enough to stretch out our hands and say, As you will and as you know, Lord, have mercy. For God knows what we need and wishes to show us mercy. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E MinuteMonk.com If we learn to pray for what pleases God rather than always wishing for things to turn out as we would like, we will be tranquil and thankful in prayer. Hi, I'm Emily Alcaraz, and I'm the co-host of the Catholic Drive Time Show, which airs from Monday to Friday at 6 a.m. Central Time. I'm excited to announce our partnership with our new underwriter, Real Estate for Life. Real Estate for Life offers a faith-based experience while supporting the gospel of life. They work with over a 1,000 pro-life agents worldwide and generously support a variety of pro-life organizations. Their website is realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Christ is risen. Truly, He is risen. Praise be to God. Our guest is uh, Michael Knowles from The Daily Wire. Emily, did you see that story about Justice Clarence Thomas uh, sort of hinting at the, the, the possibility of putting the hammer on uh, the technocrats and they're uh, you know, locking us down on our free speech. Of censoring social media. Yeah, I saw that. And it's really interesting. And, and Michael, I think this is something that you address very well, which is the limits of free speech, because we know that um, not all ideas should have equal rights. At least this is something that we understand in the Catholic faith. Um, and this is something that you addressed when talking about the introduction of different ideologies and on college campuses, Michael. Could you explain your opinion on this? I can, but I have to warn you. You sound like an illiberal authoritarian. These are all the words that I'm... <laughs> Preach like it, brother. Well. Preach it. <laughs> but you know what's so funny about this is that even though now it's become so fashionable for conservatives to say that we are free speech absolutists or some word like that. This was not always the case. William F. Buckley Jr., as mainstream a conservative as ever there was, founded the post-war conservative movement, fellow Catholic, by the way. He, he pointed out, uh, he, well, one, he wrote a book defending Joe McCarthy of all, and McCarthyism, and then he pointed out even more than a decade later that he's a, a, quote, epistemological optimist, by which he meant he felt that certain ideas were settled. He wrote in God and Man at Yale that academic freedom is a hoax, it's a force, it's a superstition that, that is simply a, a, a political tool by radicals trying to upend the culture. Now, unfortunately, some confused intellectual heirs of people like Bill Buckley uh, want to embrace these kinds of terms. But we live in a finite world, politics is necessarily limited. And when we, when we embrace so-called free speech absolutism, we embrace the same error of the leftists. We embrace a, a hyper-radical individualism that has no relation to real society. You know, from the very beginning of our country, there were whole swaths of speech that have not been permitted. Fraud, sedition, obscenity. We, we were throwing pornographers in jail for obscenity in this country about 13 years ago, during at the end of the George W. Bush administration. Uh, we've, we've had these prohibitions for a very long time, many others as well. But what has changed is not 
that now we are censoring speech. There, uh, this battle that we think we're fighting between free speech and censorship doesn't exist. What we're really fighting is a battle between two competing sets of standards. And even more specifically, the old conservative standards based on Christianity and a new anti-standard of wokeness. And I think we need to wake up to that fact. I think a lot of cowardly conservatives don't want to undertake the arduous task of articulating a real vision for society. But if we don't do that, then we are, are really just fiddling well while the Titanic is going down. <laughs> We're not going to put up any resistance. It's why for decades, as conservatives have thought that we were fighting hard against political correctness, we have only continued to seed ground. Oh, Michael, you uh, brought up uh, the point of in regards to the uh not seeding ground. Now, how if it feels like we're always on defense, we're always uh, trying to uh, conserve. I guess that's why a lot of people consider themselves conservatives. Uh, but how do we move forward? How do we gain ground in the culture and the religion? Bring back the uh, the faith in America, uh, specifically the Catholic faith in America. Uh, in regards to the culture today, how do, what's the what's the process of moving forward of going on offense? I'll try to answer that in the negative by showing you what not to do. There was, there was a rather well-known writer at a very well-known conservative publication who is an evangelical Christian, and he famously said that drag queen story hours are one of the blessings of liberty. Mm, <laughs> he was, that's well, insane. he was debating a Catholic, yes. And, uh, you know, I think the founding fathers are rolling over in their graves at that thought. Uh, the argument that they would make, that these sort of proceduralists would make, who don't want to make a substantive vision, uh, or make a substantive argument, rather, is they would say, look, if we tell radicals that they can't twerk for toddlers at drag queen story hour at public mm. libraries, they might tell us that we can't go to Mass on Sunday. And my answer to them is, first of all, they're already telling us we can't go to Mass. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know where you were in 2020, but a lot of people were telling us we can't go to Mass. But also, if we do not possess the ability to distinguish good from bad and right from wrong and true from false, if we can't distinguish between drag queen story hour and church on Sunday, then we do not possess the capacity for self-government, because self-government... It relies on our rational faculties and our ability to make moral judgments. Uh, whenever you even suggest that these days to conservatives, they will shudder because a really degraded kind of pseudo-libertarianism has taken over the right. But we've got to, we've got to dump that sort of stuff. You know, uh, I, I think of uh, John Locke in his letter concerning toleration, the father of liberalism. He famously said we need to tolerate all sorts of ideas. But we're not going to tolerate atheism, and atheists should not be uh, given the same toleration that everyone else is. Even John Locke, even the guy who invented this philosophy, who discovered this sort of stuff, recognized there were limits. Uh, and I, I just think that conservatives uh, need to get on board and not be so afraid of being called an authoritarian or, or an illiberal. If the, the points that we are making are illiberal, then John Locke was downright fascist, okay? We need to stop worrying about what the left will, will uh, call us, and we need to say that some things are good and some things are bad. Michael Knowles is our guest. He is with The Daily Wire. We're talking about the insanity of our culture and what we could do about it. Uh, recently, Michael, uh, one of my kids asked me, Dad, uh, which would be worse, uh, an atheist president a Muslim president, I said, you know what would be worse would be 
a president who is Catholic in name only, but rejects uh, the church's oh. teaching completely. Yep. Especially on the non-negotiable issues. I see uh, so much in our church today, Michael, that as uh, sort of to the point Adrian was making earlier, it's like we just go along to get along. We don't want to rock the boat. But this seems to be like the time, if we don't stand now, will there be a time to stand in the future? What say you, Michael Knowles? Well, of course, our second Catholic president that we've elected is uh, very well known for suing nuns over <laughs> refusing to, to pay for abortions and, uh, and contraception. So he's got a very uh, tenuous grasp and, and relationship to the Catholic Church. I agree with your point. I think there's a lot of wisdom to that. Because if you were to have an atheist president or a Muslim president or some other kind of president who doesn't share our views, at least there would be honesty there. At least there would be clarity. What you see now on the left, empowered by Joe Biden, are groups like, quote, Catholics for Choice. This is a group that is in part led by a man who thinks that he's a woman. There were many, many problems with, with this uh, organization. But of course, it's a contradiction in terms. You cannot be a Catholic for abortion. It's nonsense. And the left has always been very good at this. They, they have their radicals out there who are writing their philosophical tracts, but they're very subtle in the way that they infiltrate society. So they will, and you've seen this happen in the church as well. Archbishop Vigano wrote about this well in his letters a couple of years ago, that there is this uh, campaign on to subtly infiltrate the positions of power. It's, it's actually what Antonio Gramsci described a hundred years ago. And I think that conservatives need to get a, a bit cleverer about this as well. I don't think that we should lie. I don't think we should do anything immoral. But we ought to be able to have a campaign to attain positions of power. And more importantly, this is something conservatives have not wanted to do for 20 years. We need to wield the political power that, that the people give us when we have the opportunity to do so. And there's been a great reluctance because that involves moral risk and courage. I, I was thinking that someday, I hope President Trump lives a long time, but when he goes to his eternal reward, I hope he donates his body to science and his spine to the GOP. <laughs> if, 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 we could, if we could get a little, just a little bit of courage, I think we could, we could do a whole lot. I think you just broke the internet with that one. <laughs> that was good. We have uh, about uh, three and a half minutes left with uh, Michael Knowles from the Daily Wire. Did you happen to see, Michael, this, uh, this uh, tweet that was uh, sent out by Rob? Uh, Warnock and then since deleted. It said this, the meaning of Easter is more transcendent than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Whether you are Christian or not, through a commitment to helping others, we are able to save ourselves. What would you say to that, Michael Knowles? Well, uh, you know, there is nothing new under the sun, including Raphael Warnock's tweet, which is merely warmed over Pelagianism. Pelagianism is a 5th century heresy. It was condemned at the Council of Carthage. Uh, sometimes some uh, Protestant denominations accuse Catholics of being Pelagian, meaning uh, we, we advocate salvation by works, but th this is not true. We, the Church condemned that heresy many, many moons ago. And uh, it is quite clear to me that Raphael Warnock is not a Christian. I don't mean this in a finger-wagging way or as some sort of you know, uh, emotional insult. I'm just stating the fact. He does not support the central tenets of Christianity. This has been true of, of uh, even less odious figures than Raphael Warnock. You know, famously, Martin Luther King Jr. 
rejected the Trinity, he rejected the divinity of Christ, he, he rejected the literal resurrection. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm not saying you can't accomplish some good things and have admirable qualities, but you can't really call yourself a Christian. And that, that's the problem for Raphael Warnock. So I would recommend people not call him pastor and not, not refer to him as the leader of, of a Christian church. It gets back to the same issue we were just talking about, which is this subtle redefinition, manipulation of words, the idea that you can believe that the resurrection is unnecessary and not even the best part of Easter and still call yourself a Christian. That, that is not true. And if, if we're not willing to distinguish between one concept and another, between good and bad, right, wrong, and true and false, then, then we're not going to have we're not going to have self-government into the future. Absolutely. And Michael, just we have about a minute left here with you. We here at the CDT team are uh, fans of the Latin Mass. Is it true that you also attend the Latin Mass? I do. I love the Latin Mass. So do we. That's great. Thank you so much for being on with us today, Michael Knowles. <laughs> All right. Praise be it's to God. So good to be with you. Michael Knowles, Daily Wire. God love you. God bless you. Have a great day and happy Easter. You too. Thank you so much. All right, that is going to do it for the first hour of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God, but there is a ton of Catholic Drive Time to come in the next hour. If you're at all able to join us, we would love to have you. Uh, if you need to be on a social stream, you can find the links on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. The game show is coming up. Prizes are involved. New sponsor this week. We're very excited. And you can be in on that, plus the after show and a ton more. God love you. God bless you. If you can't be on, we'll see you back here, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, tomorrow morning for Catholic Drive Time. God bless. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. How should I respond to someone who wants to know if I've been saved or born again? Answer with a resounding yes. Tell them that it is through baptism that you are saved, just as the Bible says in 1 Peter 3.20, and that it is through baptism, water and the Spirit, that you are born again, just as the Bible says in John 3, verse 5. Many Protestants believe that they are saved by making a single act of faith at a single point in time in their lives. Nowhere does Scripture say such a thing. Catholics believe that salvation is a process which begins with our baptism and continues throughout our lifetimes, just as the Bible teaches us. Many places in Scripture talk about how one is saved, but not one of them says we are saved by one act of faith at just one point in time. Again, 1 Peter 3.20 says that we are saved by baptism. Hebrews 12.14 says that we will not see the Lord unless we are holy, and that we must strive for this holiness. Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15, it says we must forgive others or we will not be forgiven. Can you attain salvation if God hasn't forgiven you? No. So our forgiving others is necessary for our salvation. John 6 verse 54 says that we will have eternal life by doing something, eating the flesh and drinking the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Matthew 19 verses 16 and 17, Jesus is asked directly what one must do to have eternal life. Did he say, accept me into your heart once and that's it? 
No. Jesus said to keep the commandments and you will have life. Yes, as Catholics, we are born again. And as Catholics, we believe that we were saved, as Paul says in Romans 8.24, that we are being saved, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.18, and that we will be saved, as Paul says in Romans 5, verses 9 and 10, provided we persevere and keep our eyes on the prize. Salvation is a process, just as Catholics believe and just as the Bible clearly teaches. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hey, Donnie, what are the two most important things we receive at Mass? Daddy, Christmas scripture. That's right. All right, one more. Who loves you the most? Jesus. That's right. Mary. That's right. (laughs) They love us too. If you don't educate your children in the faith, who will? Educate yourself and your family by listening daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network. And make sure to get the GRN app by logging online to grnonline.com. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Christ is risen. Truly. He is risen. Happy Easter to you. Praise be to God. Uh, now, pop quiz, Emily Alcaraz. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, during the the, uh, the the day or the season of Easter, no fast days, right? True or false? The entire season? Yeah, why not? Uh, like, the octave for sure. I don't know about the whole season. Come on now. I, the answer is no. I think you're being pharisaical. The answer is no. I think oh, you can go all you can go all fifty days. No, yes. just the octave. Come, what the eight days? Come. So this Friday, what? you can have meat. We go back to meatless Fridays Come next now. Friday. I'm sorry, oh. Joe. Come now. I'm sorry. I did learn though. You could have turtles and frogs even on Fridays and gator. Yes, true story. Praise be to God. So all of Louisiana is very happy this morning. Uh, good morning to you, and welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Uh, it's uh, good to be on. We just wrapped up a great conversation with Michael Knowles from the Daily Wire, and we're going to be posting that conversation as a video later today on our YouTube, on Rumble, even though nobody's on Rumble, and on Facebook as well. Plus, there's always our podcast. Did you know about our podcast? We could really use your help. If you would like to get our podcast, how can they do that, Adrian Ponseca? Yep, you can get our podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts. So that would be anything from Apple uh, Podcast, iTunes, uh, I just said that, TuneIn, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, Google uh, Podcast, and then any of these subsidiaries. So there's a lot of other smaller podcast apps that take it from there. So anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find the Catholic Drive Time. Just search Catholic Drive Time and uh, feel free to leave a review. Only five-star reviews are allowed, though. Uh, <laughs> if you have a complaint, you can send me an email Tell me how horrible I am, but then leave a five-star review. Or you could actually write the comment in the review, give it a five-star, and then just talk about how bad we are. That would be okay, too. And actually kind of funny, in my opinion. Uh, but either way, five-star reviews on all seriousness, five-star reviews help us because that's what grows 
podcasts in the categories. So, for instance, if we ever wanted to be, you know, in the top category of Christian podcasts on iTunes, the number of five-star reviews we have makes that happen. So, you could help to evangelize the world through Catholic Drive Time by just simply reviewing and subscribing to our podcast. Again, you can find more details on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. On the program this hour, of course, we're going to have breaking news and stories. Uh, and it's it's the good news segment, is it not, Emily? That's right. 7 a.m. Central Time means good news. The good news. So we yep. read, you read the headlines twice in the first hour, and that's kind of the more, like the straight up, you know, news from the headlines. And then this this hour, this segment, it's the good news. Right. There, I've, there's three different news segments. There's regular news, regular news, and biased happy news. Biased so, happy which news. Which is our favorite. We should call it that. The biased happy news segment. It's <laughs> kind of funny. You're going to make you happy whether you like that's it or not. Right, that's <laughs> right. And then break... Uh, no, so then we'll have uh, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and then our Fear and Trembling game show and prizes are involved. New sponsor this week. We're so excited. So if you would like to be our contestant, stand by to dial the phone number. We take the first caller, and I will give you that number here in a moment. And then, of course, we're going to have our our after show where we will talk with you, our audience. You get to drive that conversation, whatever's on your heart and your mind, we will conversate about. Otherwise, I have a whole bunch of articles that I could dive into that are concerning, and we can just talk about our conversation with uh, Sarah Cortez or Michael Knowles or whatever you'd like. That's up to you, dear listener, in the after show. Let's pray. Whatever's on your heart, whatever you're challenged with, whatever your needs are, we're asking Our Lady, Queen of Heaven and Earth, to whisper them into the ear of her divine child to intercede for you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Emily Alcarez. A year after the pandemic forced closures of businesses, Catholic Charities in D.C. is still successfully serving the most vulnerable in the nation's capital. While Catholic Charities had normally served weekly meals to around 50 families before the pandemic, the number of needy families soared to 500 or even 600 per week. Donors and local government grants supported the increase in food services. Mental health services are also critical, and the Catholic Charities has still been able to provide services via telehealth. The organization also provided emergency rent assistance and continued services for refugees and education for children with disabilities. The success of the organization's $100 million campaign began two years ago, and the number of donors overall increased by 10% in the past year since then. Bishop Thomas Paprocki of Springfield, Illinois, doesn't generally introduce himself as a runner. His first love is hockey, which at nearly 70 years old, he still plays regularly. He even coaches the goalkeepers at a local Catholic high school. Bishop Paprocki has run 24 marathons and counting. He's also raised over half a million dollars for charity in the process. Paprocki recently wrote a book titled Running for a Higher Purpose, Eight Steps to Spiritual and Physical Fitness, which was released on March 26th. In the book, he offers expert advice on running from a practical standpoint while interweaving lessons on how to grow in one's spiritual life. The practical steps that Paprocki lays out in the book begin with recommending an honest assessment of one's physical and spiritual fitness. He says, quote, Once you identify where you need to improve, 
you have to figure out what you're going to do about that. An honest assessment of one's spiritual health is similar. And speaking before the recitation of the Regina Celi on April 5th, the Pope noted that Easter Monday is known in Italy as Lunedì dell'Angelo, or the Monday of the Angel, referring to the Gospel reading in which Mary Magdalene encountered an angel at the empty tomb while looking for Jesus. He observed that the angel greeted the woman with the words, Do not be afraid. Pope Francis said, We can reap a precious teaching from the angel's words. We should never tire of seeking the risen Christ who gives life in abundance to those who meet him. The Pope gave his address in the library of the Apostolic Palace due to the restrictions. Italy entered a three-day nationwide lockdown on Saturday. Easter Monday, also known in Italy as La Paschetta, or Little Easter, marked the final day of the lockdown, which the authorities hope will help to reduce a third wave of the coronavirus. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Tuesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Blessed Maria Korowska, pray for us. She was born on the 4th of September, 1865 in Poland. Born into a large and pious family, Maria was in her teens when she was orphaned and became an apprentice seamstress in Berlin, Germany. She always had a devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus and developed a ministry to the sick in the city. She felt the call to religious life and became the founder of the Sisters of the Divine Shepherd of Divine Providence, or the Good Shepherd Sisters, on the 8th of September, 1896. The sisters worked for the moral and social rehabilitation of prostitutes and care for those suffering from related diseases. Blessed Marie would say, Make Christ more visible than we ourselves. She died on the 24th of March, 1935, and was beatified by Pope St. John Paul II in Poland on the 6th of June, 1997. Blessed Maria Korowska, pray for us. The Gospel today comes to us from John chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. Mary Magdalene stayed outside the tomb, weeping. And as she wept, she bent over into the tomb and saw two angels in white sitting there, one at the head and one at the feet, where the body of Jesus had been. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken my Lord, and I don't know where they laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus there, but did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? She thought it was the gardener and said to him, Sir, if you carried him away, tell me where you laid him, and I will take him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Stop holding on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and tell them, I am going to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and then reported what he had told her, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I love the zeal of Mary Magdalene in this when she says, Sir, tell me where you have laid him and I will carry him away. Uh, yeah, okay. I'd like to see you try. I mean, that would be pretty amazing to see Mary Magdalene. Uh, she's like so like, she, you could tell her heart is totally into it. And uh, I mean, far greater than most of ours. That she's like, 
I, nothing will stop me. Nothing can get in my way. She wants the Lord that badly. I, and I applaud that. Praise be to God. Now, uh, St. Augustine points out uh, about the two angels, one at the head, one at the feet. He saw this as sort of a, a typology of the Old and New Testaments. You know, so everything pointing to Jesus Christ as the Messiah, as the risen Lord. Uh, even St. Gregory the Great makes similar comments on his commentary on the Gospels. Adrian, what did you see in this passage? Uh, yes, so the, there's uh, two things that I wanted to bring up. And here's another uh, point that's uh, pro- important in regards to understanding Scripture, is every word is important in Scripture. So why does the Gospel writer put that the angels were at the head and at the feet of the tomb? Right, uh, and the reason why Quinesa Lapide says is because mystically the angels represented the active, which were at the foot of the of the tomb, and the contemplative life of a, of a Christian, and these are both important uh, in regards to the spiritual life. You must be active, but you also must contemplate. You cannot divorce the two because we are hylomorphic creatures. We are body soul composite, and therefore we need the contemplative life. But we also must act. We cannot just sit and pray all day. Uh, we have to actually go out and do the gospel message. We have to spread the gospel. Uh, but it's also important that we don't just become social justice warriors. Uh, we have to actually pray. We have to have the faith. It can't just go out in soup kitchens and help people. We have to have the faith as well. They have to be together and always together, never divorce. The second point that I wanted to make is the love of God uh, that Mary Magdalene shows here. Uh, whenever she sees him, she says, why weepest thou? Well, why does she weep? Because she longed for Christ. And our Lord allows us to be, to suffer, to suffer and to remain ignorant for a while. Why does God do this? Why does he allow us to be ignorant? Why does he allow us to suffer and to desire? Uh, because God is trying to foster this desire in our souls that we may long for the Lord evermore. And so in desiring God more and more, then he reveals himself to you, just as our Lord revealed himself to Mary Magdalene once she expressed that great love for him. Uh, the Saint, uh, not Saint yet, Cornelius Lapide, uh, <laughs> I keep saying that. I keep, Freudian I keep, slip. Can, I keep canonizing him. Freudian uh, slip. <laughs> but uh, Cornelius Lapide points out that uh, Mary Magdalene would have fallen on her face at the tomb in order to just weep and cry over the dead body of our Lord. And if she had known where his body was, she would have made haste to go there as soon as possible so she may weep and kiss the wounds of her Savior. And so this is, uh, so here we know the ignorance was allowed to stay here so the desire for the Savior could grow. And that's, uh, I think, that the two points that I wanted to take away. Amen. Even St. Bede sees Mary Magdalene as a type of the church. He says, mystically, Mary, which uh, name signifies mistress, enlightened, enlightener, star of the sea, stands for the church, which is also Magdalene, i.e. towered. As we read in the Psalms, thou hast been a strong tower for me, in that she announced Christ's resurrection to the disciples, all, especially those to whom the office of preaching is committed and admonished to be zealous in setting forth to others whatever is revealed from above. Praise be to God. All right. 
It's time for us to uh, get ready to play our game, our Fear and Trembling Trivia Game Show. We have a fun time in the process, and I'll tell you all about it. But if you would like to possibly win some cool prizes, and you don't even need to know the answers to the questions in my hand right now, then all you have to do is call 877-757-9424. We're going to go to a break, and the first caller gets to be our contestant at 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424 is the number to call catholic trivia is on the deck next and we're super excited about it but don't forget we still have an after show program and a lot more catholic drive time headed your way praise be to god in all things catholic drive time is going to be right back after this very short break don't go anywhere Blessed John Paul II once said, As the family goes, so goes the nation, and so goes the whole world in which we live. How easy it is to point fingers and place blame for the mess in which our society has found itself. But stop just for a minute and ask, what have I done to make it better? Is my family doing anything to improve the world? Possibly the most effective thing a family can do for society is pray together regularly. Pray for our president every single day. Pray for all our government leaders, our bishops and priests, our teachers, our military, our business owners. Create a list of family petitions. If the teenager puts an anonymous prayer request on the list, let it be anonymous. Prayer is our greatest weapon to change the nation and the world. Remember what Father Patrick Payton said, the family that prays together stays together. This has been a minute for your marriage and family with Balanced Families Ministries. So many of us carry such heavy burdens. She's having a relationship with George. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Deep within, we struggle because sin separates us from God. But thanks to the grace of confession, God compassionately listens, forgives, and sets us free. So if it's been a while since you've been to confession or mass, come home and experience a fresh start. Visit catholicscomehome.org. Having trouble with your car radio? No worries. The Guadalupe Radio Network has just released our new version of our app. With the app, you can get a crystal clear connection of your local station no matter where you are. You can also listen to podcasts of past shows and find more ways to connect with us. Getting the new app is easy. Just search the App Store on your phone for the Guadalupe Radio Network and either download it or if you already have it, choose the update option. Happy listening! Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So don't tell anybody this. Keep this just between us. But we like to teach a little bit about the faith so you always learn something new. We like to have a little laugh in the process. And prizes are involved. So if you're just joining us, you're like, what in the world's going on? It's a Catholic Trivia Game. I've got... Uh, Catholic cards in my questions, or questions in my hand with on cards. and But here's the thing. I don't ask the caller 
any of these questions. So they don't even need to know the answers. That's how cool it is. Instead, I ask Emily, I ask Adrian. One of them will be right. The other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to decide who's right, who's wrong. And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to get this week's prize. Tell them what they could win, Emily. This week's prize sponsor is WorthyofAgape.com. Worthy of Agape is a Catholic shop started by Amanda, Catholic wife and mother. And she... uh, is an artist who makes peg dolls in the traditional Japanese style. And so she's made just about every saint you can think of. So this week's prize is going to be the patron saint peg doll of your choice from worthyofagape.com. All right. Praise be to God. A lot of phone lines were lit up during our break. So we're very grateful to everyone who has attempted to be on our show. Praise be to God. Thank you for that. There's always an opportunity tomorrow as well. Uh, but let's go to the lines. We always take the first caller, Jonah. We're going to go, Jonah, good morning to you, Jonah. Thank you for being on our program. Thank you for having me. Praise be to God, Jonah. You sound very wise in your years. How old are you? Uh, I'm 10. My birthday's in 15 days. So are you going to be 11 then in 15 days? Yes. Well, happy uh, almost birthday. Uh, praise be to God, Jonah. We're very glad you're on our program today. Uh, have you been listening? Do you, do you understand how the rules are, how the, how the game is played? Yes. And where are you calling from, Jonah? Bulverde, Texas. Bulverde, Texas. I think this is our second contestant from Bulverde, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so uh, <laughs> fine tradition you have there, Jonah, by uh, being on the game show today. Are you ready to play? Yes. All right. We'll go with Emily, as is our custom. Hopefully, these uh, questions won't be too hard. Uh, praise be to God. Let's just see how it goes. Emily, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? Absolutely. Are you sure? Yes. Emily, can you tell me, what sin does one commit who knowingly receives a sacrament while also in a state of mortal sin? So what sin are we committing when we receive a sacrament, but we've committed an unrepentant mortal sin. Ooh, this is a bad one. If you're already in mortal sin and you, for example, receive the Eucharist or a sacrament, that is another mortal sin called sacrilege. Sacrilege. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. Let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me, what sin does one commit who knowingly receives a sacrament while in a state of mortal sin? Hmm. You know, I think that there you are trying to pull a fast one on me. I'm going to say it's not a mortal sin to receive a sacrament. Because, you know, sacraments are always good. So I'm going to say it's not a sin. That's your answer. Yep. That That, that is not a, I know. Not, not a sin. Okay. All right. Adrian is on the hook for it's not a sin at all. And Emily is on the hook for it is sacrilege. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Jonah, what say you? Uh, Emily. Survey says, uh, "Good yes. Praise be to God, Jonah. You did not fall <laughs> for Mr. Adrian Fonseca's shenanigans, which I want to have to hit. Duh. Duh. Of course, Duh. it's a sin, Adrian. You knew, but you knew that, Jonah. Very good on you for for pointing that out. And it is in fact a sacrilege to receive a sacrament while in a state of mortal sin. And Adrian, real quick, what must one do to relieve themselves of the state of a mortal sin? Oh, it's super easy. All you got to do is go to confession and uh, make a good confession. So and do the penance, of course. Active contrition. Praise be to God. 
All right. Uh, good job, Jonah. You're in the coffee cup of divine providence. One try. You get two more. Are you ready to go? Yes. All right. Adrian, we'll start with you this time. Adrian, can you tell me who are the four authors of the Catholic or what otherwise known as the universal epistles in the New Testament? Who are the four people who wrote the seven Catholic epistles in the New Testament? Uh, that would be, let's see, John, Peter, Bartholomew, and Dismas. John, Peter, Bartholomew, and Dismas. Okay. All right. Let's just see what Emily has to say. Emily, can you tell me who are the four people who wrote the Catholic letters in the New Testament? Okay, so this is different from the Gospels. And Adrian, I thought you were going to say John, Paul, George, and Ringo, but that's not where you were going. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> that's revealing. Okay. Um, no, so the epistles, the universal epistles are James, John, Jude, and Peter. Oh. All right, so here's a recap. Emily is on the hook for James, Peter, John, and Jude. And Adrian is on the hook for John, Peter, Bartholomew, and Dismas as the authors of the letters in the New Testament. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Jonah, what say you? Uh, Emily. Survey says. Wow. wow. That's a hard one. That was a tough one, I didn't one, even Jonah. know that. <laughs> you nailed that. Praise be to God. Uh, we may have to have you on the game show for more often because you seem like you know what you're talking about there, Jonah. Was that tricky to you or, or how did it go for you? Uh, it was pretty tricky. I, I tried. <laughs> you well, did I great. Dismiss. I knew Dismas was a thief, so Adrian was probably wrong. Whoa! Whoa. Right through you. He saw right that through you. awesome, Jonah. Is, Praise be to God. That's, well, some, that's some good deductive reasoning hey, right there. Uh, I hope he's, a, he's a budding Thomas. A budding Thomas. Well, his parents must be very proud because, uh, praise be to God, that was an excellent answer. All right. Third chime's a charm. No, I don't want to say that. I don't want to use that language. Third time is awesome and uh, very Trinitarian. And you get one more chance at the coffee cup of divine providence, Jonah. Last question. Here we go. I want to say this is the easiest one. And I mean it this time. We're back to Emily. Emily, can you tell me, what does JMJ stand for? JMJ. I believe this is just more Jesus. J- just more Jesus. Yeah. Is that like on a wristband or a t-shirt or a popper yeah, sticker like, or you something? Know the, yeah, you know the neon oh. bracelets that everybody wears and they say JMJ? Do they? It's just more Jesus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, who knows? Uh, we're trying to learn something here. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me what does JMJ stand for? Yes, JMJ. Uh, Fulton Sheen would write down the top of his oh. chalkboards. Uh, I'm going to go with Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Not just more Jesus? Uh, no, not, not right now. Okay. Okay. Jesus, Mary, Joseph. All right, so Adrian is on the hook for Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. And Emily is on the hook for just more Jesus. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Jonah, what say you? Adrian. Survey says. (laughs) Okay. Three for three. 
Was somebody laughing at me? <laughs> Just more Jesus. That's a good answer. We need t-shirts that say that. <laughs> I'm rebranding JMJ. Just more Jesus. Jonah, perfect score, sir. <laughs> Praise be to God, you did it. How do you feel, Jonah? Um, feel confident. Feel Praise be to God, you should be. You did well today. Uh, well, which which question was the trickiest to you, Jonah? The second one. The second one, yeah. But you, you nailed it, though. Praise be to God. The, the universal Catholic epistles in the New Testament. You did a great job with that. I'm very, very proud of you today, Jonah. You did so good. 11 years old. Are you going to do anything special for your birthday? Um, maybe. I'm going to try to go to church. Hey, now. Oh. Praise be to God. Wow. Well, we're very excited. Happy Easter to Pretty you, Jonah. Based. And uh, well done. We're going to put you on hold uh, so that we can get your phone number in case it be God's will that your name should be drawn out of the coffee cup of Divine Providence this Friday. And uh, thanks to our sponsor. One more time, Emily. Worthy of agape.com. All right, Jonah. God bless you. Have a great day. But I'm going to put you on hold, okay? Okay. All right. Praise be to God. Wow. Great guest. Very super sharp. Super uh, yeah. base and red pilled. It was awesome. And he's oh, going to church on his birthday. Like, wow. That is impressive for a 10-year-old. I'm surprised yeah. he knew who St. Dismas was. I know. Yeah. That's awesome. Praise be to God. Now, you know, my kids got a set of the uh, Catholic trivia cards for the house. <laughs> and uh, guess who? They're trying to grill dad now constantly. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. We'll get, the, we'll get your kids on. We'll get your kids on and we'll have them ask you questions. That would be embarrassing. There we go. It'd be great humili- humiliation for me, though. All right. That is going to do it for the radio side or yeah the radio side of catholic drive time today praise be to god the holy mass will begin airing in just a few moments and if you're going to go to mass please do keep us in your prayers we'd be very grateful to you uh but if you're at all able to join us for the after show we would surely love to have you on the program all you need to do is be on one of the streams on youtube on facebook you could also be on twitter uh, you can find the links to all three of those on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Uh, by the way, we're looking for a volunteer to help out one or two hours a week. You can be remote from anywhere on planet Earth. You, if you'd like information, please email adrian at grnonline.com. That's adrian at grnonline.com for the details. Uh, otherwise, we'll see you in the after show. We're going to talk about whatever's on your mind, on your heart. Praise be to God, you get to control the conversation in the after show. Otherwise, we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. Uh, We're going to have the uh, director of uh, Roe v. Wade on. And uh, we'll have Michael Lofton to answer your toughest questions about the Catholic faith. If you'd like to send those questions to us, email adrian at grnonline.com. God bless you. God love you. We hope and pray that your day is amazing today. And like Mary Magdalene, let's take the good news to our friends, our family, and the world around us, and be the counter-revolution. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, on Catholic Drive Time. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
Praise be to God. Welcome to the After Show, where we conversate about whatever's on your heart, whatever is on your mind, a little more casual than normal. We let our hair down. Some of us have more hair than others. Praise be to God. That was a fun show today, Emily. Yeah, what a smart kid. Jonah, we love him. I I think he's uh, he gives me hope for the future. Yes, super sharp. I loved it. He was, and I liked that he was there laughing in the background. <laughs> your, your answer was great. Yeah, what well, was so funny? Just <laughs> more Jesus. Yes. Praise what did God. you see the hashtag on the Facebook comments? No. What is people say? are hashtagging it now? What? Just, just more, more Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> oh, oh, it's a good thing Adrian's not here. He'd probably play that Jesus is my friend thing, and that would like throw us. We've had a couple requests for it already. What? Like three. <laughs> Now, if you're like, what's wrong with Jesus and my friend? There's nothing wrong with Jesus being your friend, first of all. Second of all, the song that that Adrian plays is from a music video from like 25 years ago, and it's a, it'll infect your mind, and you won't get it out. If you've seen the video, it'll the rest of your day will be consumed with that video. It's uh, so it's once it starts, you don't you can't stop. Uh, just more Jesus, Lori Powell says. Jesus Robles, he's on the hook today. Praise be to God. Christopher Chance, it is good to see you, Christopher. Praise be to God. Thank you for hanging out with us. Of course, Patty, our friend, was on today. It's always good to see Patty and Lori. Praise be to God. Who else is on? Bree. Bree was on during the uh, Michael Knowles interview. That's right. Yeah, she was. She had some pretty good questions. Bree Dale, our friend of the show and and uh, hosts her own show called Intersections on Mondays at eight o'clock Central. Produced by Adrian Fonseca. Produced by the Adrian Fonseca. Guys, I. Uh, what happened now? It's, it's crazy. You know, I just heard something while I was over at the um, <laughs> at the phone line, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, what? Jesus no! I thought I deleted the button. <laughs> I snuck in here in the middle of the night and tried to rearrange the whole thing. <sighs> Josh, Josh Null, good morning to you. Donald, good morning. Donald uh, Paddock there. Good morning. Praise be to God. Good to see you, of course. Uh, Louis, it's good morning. Louis Del Carmen Del uh, Lozano, forgive me. She had a great message. Yeah, praise be to God. She says, good morning, Gloria. Happy Easter. Thanks be to God for your radio show. I love it. May God bless you and all. May the Holy Spirit keep guiding you. Amen. I'll take that. Uh, Joaquin, good morning. Praise be to God. Good to see you, Joaquin. Gloria Dion Lopez, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Yeah, I think (laughs) Donald's like, don't! Don't do it! Resist the temptation. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Thomas Russell's back on the program. Praise be to God. Valentin, good morning. Eric uh, Christopher Velasquez, good morning to you. Um, who else is over there? Jesus Moreno, Christopher Velasquez. Monica a- and Susan. Yes, praise be to God. Angelo, good to see you. Good morning, good morning. It's good to see everybody. Um, <laughs> Thomas Russell says, at Emily, just more Jesus. I'm never going to let you live that down, sister. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Keep her uh, accountable, I say. That's I know. What, what a terrible answer. Actually, I thought that was the best answer. That was hilarious. <laughs> I, I was dead. Jonah did such a good job, though. I'm so, I, so honestly, impressed. Honestly, I was, that was amazing. He did a great job. Let's uh, see. Don? You all said Don already? Uh, Don? He, yes. he, he was like, I think he just doesn't want you to. Or it's just, he wants us to call him Don. Yeah, no problem, Don. Praise be to uh, God. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Uh, Jesus Robles. I'm sure you already said Eric and Susan. Yes. 
Yeah. Did you see so, uh, Lori hashtag just more Jesus? Yes, that's amazing. It's a thing. It's a We're, thing now. How many hashtags we have now? So we have hashtag Chan. seven sorrows challenge, hashtag just more Jesus, hashtag no sin, no sin gang. gang. No sin what gang. else do we have? Uh, praise be to God. What are we missing? Uh, uh, let us know down below. Yeah. Um, great interview with Michael Knowles. Man, I love Michael Knowles. I love him. He just has so so many good things to say, and he says it so clearly. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes, he's and, he's one of the shows that I watch every day on my way home from uh, here. I will listen and tune into the Michael Knowles show, and it's it's so excellent. He's gotten so Catholic. Uh, he's always been Catholic uh, doing his show, but I've listened to him since like the beginning, and uh, he's progressively gotten more and more explicitly Catholic. Like the other day, he was promoting the the feast of Saint Joseph on his show, and he was uh, it was awesome. He talks about the miracles and all sorts of things, and you're just like, dang, he's getting away with saying that on a secular uh, podcast and radio because he's also on terrestrial radio as well so it's pretty awesome i love it because he's practicing what he's preaching he's putting catholicism out in the public square he's standing up for his faith in the culture i love it you know I, that's why i started the interview with asking about it seems like there's been an uptick in his uh language uh talking about explicitly talking like a catholic you know like we do he's been talking on his secular show um we take it for granted the ability to give God praise, to speak Catholic truth, to uh, to you know to just embellish and love our faith and let it be a part of who we are, what we say. If you've ever worked in the secular world, you you can't do those things. I mean, you can, but too few people much, have much the courage dangerous. to do so. And Michael Knowles lately, he has just seemed like it's it's he's been throwing caution to the wind. Some would say, but I consider it great courage so uh it's been nice to see um christopher chance apparently is keeping an account of all of your bad <laughs> answers on the trivia game i'm show. documenting these now uh because he has said so far so far the best worst answer the best wrong answer has been situational temper <laughs> what temp, temp, temptational. temptational situational temptational has been so far the number one wrong answer that's awesome. On Fear and Trembling. Do I get a pro What do I get? <laughs> uh, Christopher Chance wrote the litany of, of holidays. Oh, you're going to read it? Uh, we should. Let uh, me pull it up. Yeah, pull it up. And then um, maybe we need a top 10 of the war of the best wrong answers from Fear and Trembling. Yes. I think uh, that's leave a great your, idea. Your favorite wrong answer, uh, leave it down below. Leave it down below. Uh, but more hashtags. Uh, <clears throat> we also have hashtag make Catholic processions great again. I remember that one, yeah. And that, that was, an, yeah. I amen. did that one too. They like yes. my hashtags. <laughs> and then uh, Jesus Robles says hashtag mental frog. Amen. <laughs> yes. Uh, hashtag wrong answers so so wrong. <laughs> hey, Susie's hashtag Emily, are you ready? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. It's one run on sentence. I love it. It's like St. Paul. You know, it's just one run on sentence. Amen. Uh, Lori says t shirts. Hashtag Catholic drive time. Woohoo! Amen. I, I love it. We got to get some t shirts made. We have the cups. We still have to. We still have to come up with something creative. I promised a month ago that I would come up with something creative to give out the cups. We did give out three. Uh, we, we, we autographed the, the, the mugs and we sent them out, but we need to come up with something else so we can continue to send more mugs out. So I have uh, Chris's litany of Christian holidays. 
And it goes, Merry Christmas, bring us joy. New Year's Day, lead us to mom. St. Valentine's Day, teach us to love. St. Patrick's Day, convert our hearts. St. Joseph's Day, protect our families. Easter Sunday, bring us hope. April Fool's Day, correct us on math. <laughs> Halloween, teach us to pray. Day of the Dead, remind us of our past. At Thanksgiving Day, fill us with food. So, um, Ora Pronobis, for private use only. <laughs> Ora Pronobis. Oh, Joaquin, I think he's got the best hashtag at, of all. Hands down. Hashtag the horns. Oh, no. <laughs> produced specifically, specifically oh. produced by Joe McClain. Joaquin, you are not far from the kingdom of God, my friend. <laughs> Praise be to God. The horns of the apocalypse. Have we produced the button yet? There it is. <laughs> this is not the horns of the apocalypse. It's not the same as the horns of the judgment. We need the shofar. I'm going to have, okay. I guess I'll have to take matters into my own hands. Uh, We we need a button with the shofar. Send me your dang shofar. The horns of judgment. Uh, That's what the people want. He wants, he wants your. Why don't I have, uh, see, I need the, I need the button over here. That's what I need. That's what I need. Anyway, the horns. I love the hashtag the horns. Praise be to God, Joaquin. Hallelujah, Christopher uh, Chan says. Uh, I love my cup, Lori says. Praise be to God. I'm so glad you uh, you do. Hopefully the signature stayed. I tried to let them dry before mailing them so that way they wouldn't rub off. Let's see. Eric says yes on the T-shirts. And Thomas says, I want to reiterate that McCarthy was right and not only did nothing wrong, but didn't do enough. <laughs> Dang, Thomas, Dang. Give, give McCarthy a break. What? No horns, Lori says. What? Come on, Lori. <laughs> The horns of judgment. Anyway. What do y'all think about using the uh, hallelujah instead? That should be Adrian's entrance music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, that'll be my entrance music, and uh, this will be Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. And then we need, uh, this could be Emily's. If God don't do it, yes. it won't get done. Perfect. Uh, and then we can get the horns for Joe. The horns for Joe. Praise be to God. Well, um, very excited. You know, it, it was been a long time coming from Michael Knowles. We've tried to get him uh, for a long time, and we're very grateful it finally worked out. We're also trying to get Matt Walsh. Um, so hopefully, prayerfully, that'll get done as well. Um, and then uh, tomorrow should be another great episode. I mean, the uh, the director-producer for... Roe v. Wade is going to be on. Yes. Plus Michael Lofton. So the idea with Michael Lofton, so I can tell you guys because you're like our super fans hanging out with us for the after show. So the idea with Michael Lofton, you might remember, we had Michael, well, it's been two months at least since we had him on. It's been a long time. So he is with a podcast or a YouTube channel called Reason and Theology and um, very insightful. When we had him on, we talked about uh, you know, sort of the Pope splaining thing. You know, whenever the Pope says something, what does it mean? Like, uh, how, what, how much should you pay attention? So he was talking about the distinctions in in the various levels of magisterium, sort of, you know, plowing through the weeds of that stuff. Uh, he's very super sharp. So we thought it would be kind of fun if maybe we had him on on a semi regular basis, like say once a month or something like that, and we do a special segment where he's answering your toughest questions about the Catholic faith. 
you know, try to really stump him, throw some curveballs at him. That'd be kind of fun to do. So if you have questions, maybe questions that you yourself have had to answer with friends or family or questions that have been posed to you, uh, questions you might have heard in popular media, whatever it is, and, and you want to throw those at Michael Lofton, uh, send those to us either today or I guess you can comment on them live tomorrow, and we'll read them tomorrow as well. But it'd be great if you could send it to us today via email or throw them in the comments right now. And uh, Adrian, you can you can collect those. Cool. Uh, what is also, your email? Tell them your email. Oh, my email, adrian at grnonline.com. That's adrian, A-D-R-I-A-N. But if you're watching, you see me type my name all the time. So uh, it's right there, at grnonline.com. All the time, uh, but the uh, so the real quick, <laughs> I made a um, a sounder for the uh, segment with Michael Lofton, and so I'll play that for y'all, so y'all get to get a sneak preview. Sweet, it's uh, it's rather silly, so we'll see if y'all like it or not. If y'all don't like it, we can uh, make a different one. Let's see if I can play it. <laughs> Now that's a tough question. To get your tough question answered, call now, 877-757-9424. Michael Lofton, host of Reason and Theology, will answer your tough questions now, 877-757-9424, or comment down below. Wow. It's like, <laughs> is that the music for Dig Dug? Really I'm like, cute. I'm Dig having Dug? flashbacks. That's funny. I sent it to uh, Michael. Like PBS Kids. <laughs> I sent it to Michael before, and he said it sounded like Mario. Mario. Oh. The, the old, the, or old, like, 16-bit Mario. Mario Brothers, so he likes yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's generic gay music because oh. uh, you can't use copyrighted music. Yeah. So. Hashtag Pope-splaining, apparently, is the thing now. Christopher Chance is hashtagging everything. Uh, praise be to God. Um, all right. Uh, Mr. Thomas Russell has a question for him already, so we can collect that and ask him that. Ask him about the infallibility of canonizations. Ooh, good yeah. question. Oh, I'm curious a, about that, too. That is a good question. Uh, so That's I, solid. I though. already know he's going. what he's going to say, because I've heard him talk about this before. He's going to say... Give it away. Don't, Don't give it away. Don't give it away. Don't give it away. Well, okay. Let him say it tomorrow. It'll be good. Uh, <laughs> hey, it, Zeus. If we want to upset people, we could talk about Chosen. No, stop it. <laughs> You're going to alienate the entire audience. Uh, surely I can't be the only one on planet Earth who feels this way. Surely I cannot. Genius, Adrian. It has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, so maybe. <laughs> yes. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. You're, you're, so I, you're saying I? it's possible I could be the only one on planet Earth? It's possible. It, it seems like it. Huh. That makes me very unique, actually. Uh, Jesus must have cashed the check. He's already singing your praises. Hey, a genius, Adrian. Welcome. Uh, awesome producer. Ingenuity, freshness. Amazing. It's <laughs> like a review in a newspaper or something. <laughs> like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that I in have my- not <clears throat> seen this. Le- no, you keep doing that, Jesus. He's going to start wearing a smoking jacket or something. You know, and, a, and, a, I, and an ash, you know, one of those uh, those little scarfs around the neck. It's going to go crazy. When I go apply to uh, work for uh, as a producer for Michael Knowles, I'm going to uh, include that on my resume. Just all of Jesus's quotes, freshness, uh, and I'm not. I'm just going to say from commenters, and then just put all of Jesus's quotes. Uh, <laughs> it's going to go straight to his ego and his head. It's going to start wearing a beret. You know, it's like the salt bay. It's going to become the producer bay or something. It's going to be. It's gonna, not going to be good. Not going to be good. Christopher Chance. Maybe we could operate. Uh, uh, we could oper. What is the word? Operatic music for hard questions. Adrian has to answer in the after show. Ooh. That'd be fun. That would be fun. 
Me uh, and uh, so the reason why Thomas asked the question about the infallibility mm-hmm. is because in our group chat last night, me, Thomas, and a bunch of our friends were arguing for like three hours about <laughs> the infallibility of canonizations. Uh, so it was we had all different opinions from across the board. Uh, so he, that's why he's bringing that up. Wow. Well, I guess that's that's really good, useful time. I was trying to fix my Tahoe, but okay. <laughs> Cleaning out this the is, engine of my car. This is what I do my for fun is <laughs> argue about the the, the minutia of theology. And then I took my wife four wheeling. Praise be to God. Oh wow, it was fun. That like sounds a, almost as fun as arguing about the infallibility of canonization. It, like, it was like a mini date night. It was a lot of fun. Praise be to God. Uh, all right, what else? Uh, I see. There's there's lots of stories. I'm very excited about Justice Clarence Thomas's uh, comments on social media. I would love to see some real action there. Although I fear there won't be. So there were several stories in the news that we didn't really cover in the show uh, in great depth or detail. Um, I don't know if you guys want to talk about that or whatever else is on your mind. Please let us know in the comments. Um, praise be to God. Let's see. I'm Thomas. surprised. You know, there was two polls that I did see in the headlines today that I won't read you. I won't bore you the, to death with the details in the articles. You can find them yourself, but... Like the 72% of Americans call illegal immigration a direct threat to the U.S. That surprises me. I mean, the vast majority of Americans are like, no, this is a crisis, a problem. We should do something about it. Um, I was watching Michael Knowles coming in this morning on the Daily Wire, and he was he played the video of the cart of the coyote being interviewed by media saying, well, your president has made life so uh, easy for us. It's good business for us. Um, wow, that should be very telling to us. And, of course, they arrested two Yemeni uh, terrorists uh, that came across the border. And then there was a border agent, uh, like a chief of one of the stations said, 100,000 people have gotten away without being captured. 100,000. How many in that group are uh, in the uh, terrorist column? Who knows? How many are in a drug cartel column? Who knows? I don't know. Um, so that, that surprised me, 72% of Americans. That says this is a bipartisan issue. We should pay attention to that. The other that surprised me was that 50% or more, like I think it was like 50 to 60% of Americans are in favor of COVID passports, vaccine passports. That, that gave me pause. That one really uh, you know, surprised me. I couldn't believe that um, more than half of our country would say, yes, I want to live under a COVID uh, vaccine passport. Can you imagine? Um, That should tell us a a lot about the state of affairs that are around us. Uh, Wow. Jesus Robles is sharing some crazy story here. The horror of the pregnant woman sitting in her car, shot and killed. What's wrong with these people? Wow, that's so tragic. I didn't hear about that. I I didn't hear about that. That's really tragic. God help us all. But seeing the video of of the coyotes throwing toddlers over the fence, like utter insanity, utter chaos. Those children are going to be wounded if they, I mean, the ones that survive will be wounded for life. It's not good. It's not good for them. It's not good for anyone. It's a very crazy situation. I'm trying to find the the clip of the... um the Polish pastor, yes, Boston pastor, oh yeah, and, uh, kicking tra- the the uh, the police out of his yeah. congregation. Let me, I'm gonna find Nazis. that. Yeah, yeah, the I'm gonna Shapo, find that, and said. I'm gonna show it to y'all in a second. I'm gonna look for it. A little difficult finding it for some reason. Lori wants to know where your ascot is, Adrian. My 
my ascot? Yeah, she says hashtag. <laughs> where's a, Where's your ascot, Adrian? <laughs> Have I ever worn an ascot before? Well, now that Jesus is like singing your praises in the in the media, <laughs> you know, next that'll that'll be next. I guess I need an ascot. A true artist, you know, has to dress the part. <laughs> Let's see. Is this? Just there can hold services. But no, have to no, keep their tur turn that. Yeah, we can't. Ouch. I don't want to play the commercial. No, it's not a commercial. It's uh, the news. Out there it is. Yes. Whoa. Okay. So this. Let's comment on this. So this is a pastor, Protestant pastor in Canada, uh, holding uh, Easter. It was an Easter Sunday morning. Uh, no, Good Friday. It's Good Friday. He called it the Passover in the video, and uh, the police, I guess, showed up to try to shut things down, and he shouted them out of the building. Now, you might remember there was a Protestant pastor arrested in Canada for holding church service, and he was put in jail for doing it. So things in Canada are out, very crazy. Out of this property, immediately until you come back with a warrant. Out. 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 Out of this property. Immediately out. Immediately go out and don't come back. He no, gets very adamant here. Not a word. Out of now remember, he's out Polish. Of this property, the memory of out. the Polish people of I the concentration camps is still say. very fresh. Out. Auschwitz. Out. out of this property, you Nazis. Out. Whoa. Out. Wow. You Nazis. This is this is pretty intense. Allowed. Out. Now I support our police officers English? and first responders. Get out of this property. I Blue go. Lives Matter to me. So go. I go. spoke out against don't come back uh, the, the uh, riots Nazi. in our country out. last summer. Out. But there is a there is a, a, a line here. Nazis are not welcome here. That out. in Canada, and don't come back they are the more draconian than you can imagine. We talked about this yesterday. And how welcome. Justin Nazis Trudeau no, basically said, if you're coming back to Canada, you have to have a negative test before you get on the plane. Then you have to have a negative test after you get off the plane while you're quarantining at a hotel. Now, if you've been negative twice, you can go home and still quarantine. Now, you're, you're not sick, but you still have to quarantine. So the healthy people are being locked up. But if you do test positive that second time, you go to a government-run facility. So that's Justin Trudeau. Uh, Prime Minister of Canada. And then we've seen these situations where they've been shutting down churches. And this pastor was like, I'm done. I'm done with it. It is Easter, and we must have these things. So uh, I think that people are getting fed up. And that's been part of the trouble in, in we've reported on this over the last several months, is there's the people around the world are really becoming um, fed up you know, the 15 days to slow the spread thing has gone on for a year and a half, and people are getting tired of it. So we're seeing, you know, more riots across Europe and elsewhere, uh, more pushback. And I think that's been part of the problem. It's like a powder keg, you know, it's just ready to burst. And so we're going to be seeing a lot more of this. And I pray that it doesn't get worse, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I'm a huge supporter of our police as well. Like, I, I have never... I've always been a supporter of the police. My dad's a firefighter, and uh, it's just always been part of just part of life. I'd never once have had a position of uh, disrespecting police officers or not uh, desiring the best for police officers. And but whenever we're in situations like this, uh, he's obviously he's speaking hyper hyperbolically. Uh, they're not Nazis uh, per se, but the 
but that is Gestapo like. Yes. In the way that it's the in the manner of which it's acting. And yes, I mean, police, we should respect our police officers because they're a symbol of an, of the authority. And so we should always respect our police officers. But when someone issues an unjust law, a law that says you have to shut down a church service, that is whenever you go, you fall into the territory of laws that must be disobeyed. Now you cannot. If I, I would rather lose my job than have. To, so if I was told by my boss, you have to go and shut down a Catholic mass on Easter Sunday. Uh, no, the answer is no. I will not do that. I will. You know, God will provide for my family, but I cannot, in good conscience, do that. And uh, we don't see. We're not seeing. Maybe there is. I. I don't know. I don't know behind the scenes of what's happening, but I don't see a lot of courage. From a lot of police yeah. officers going out there and willing to risk it uh, for for God, it's a difficult situation, I imagine. And you know, I was thinking about uh, this book that I read called "The Shadow of His Wings: The True Story of Father Geron Goldman, <clears throat> who was a priest, a Catholic priest, who, when he was in seminary in Germany, <clears throat> excuse me was uh, conscripted along with all the other seminarians into the German army to fight in World War II. Uh, he didn't have a choice. They were forced into it. But because he could speak French, he was also put into the German SS. And in the book, he recounts his days, the, in those days, and how he finishes his seminary formation in, in secret and how he gets ordained in secret during this time. And he talks about the sort of the bubbling effect, the slow boiling effect of how they, how in the beginning in the S, of his time in the SS, they, they would talk about this rhetoric, this anti-Catholic rhetoric, but he would ask, hey, hold on, you know, this is an issue, you know, what's the deal here? Oh, no, it's no big deal, you can, you know, it's no problem, it's no problem, it's no problem, until it came to the point where it was definitely going to be a problem, and they actually uh, got rid of all their, their problem children, and he was one of them uh, because of his Catholic faith. The SS rid its ranks of anyone who had Christian faith so that they could uh, perpetuate the propaganda and the mission of the SS, which was a very uh, anti-Christ uh, mission. But he talks about that slow boiling, how you tolerate a little at a time, until you get to the point you realize, and you didn't realize it until it's too late, that you've been completely surrounded. <clears throat> I put off reading this book for a long time. Um, I've seen it for years. It goes way back. Ignatius uh, publishes it. But my, my wife bought it for me a couple of Christmases ago. And I finally sat down and I read it. And it is a good read. It's a very interesting story, actually, of how he leveraged his opportunity to to help those, especially the French people, against the Germans. And he also participated uh, by carrying uh, messages back and forth in the attempt to kill Adolf Hitler, to assassinate Adolf Hitler as well. Um, very interesting story. I recommend you read it, but I think it, it talks about our time. You know, uh, Professor Plinio in his book, Revolution, Counter-Revolution, the, the, the revolution is around us. And the revolution's been boiling since the fall of mankind in the Garden of Eden. As Christians, like we, this is one of the, this is one of the trivia questions we had a few weeks ago. What is confirmation called? You, what do you call yourself after you've been confirmed? A soldier for Christ. Heaven's our goal. Not a good time here on earth. 
not being loved and respected, not being well thought of by others, but, but getting to heaven. And like Magdalene, we're supposed to carry the word out to others. <clears throat> and our time could be limited. And we're supposed to be a part of the counter-revolution. So whatever, whatever gifts, talents, and, and status we have, we're expected to use for the glory of God and the salvation of souls. And it's going to be more difficult. I mean, that's just the bottom line. Where we are headed, it, we, you can't get to Easter Sunday without going through Good Friday first. And um, so times are going to be more and more interesting. And I pray for our first responders. I mean, it's such a difficult time to be a first to be a police officer, uh, especially. I mean, good grief! Y- you can't win one way or the other. It seems. And um, but either way, men and women of faith are going to have to decide to be uh, men and women of faith first and foremost. I believe. I'm hearing a interview coming on Revolution and Counter Revolution. You know the what? the TFP guys did a campaign and went to a ton. Uh, police departments and prayed and gave out St. Michael medals to police officers. Praise be to God. Um, so it was really awesome. And they had a lot of positive uh, reactions from the police because uh, they were showing their respect. And uh, and a lot of the respect that's that's owed to police officers for the work they do, but also because of the, the animosity toward the police officers in this day. Uh, so I think, yeah, that would be probably a great conversation to have at some point. Yeah. Amen. Uh, we do need to do that. We'll, we'll, we'll get some good guests. Our buddy Jesus Robles, of course, can be on, but, uh, it's difficult for them too. It's like, it's like talking to somebody in the military. Um, there's so much going on in the military now. Having served in the military myself, uh, you, I want to talk about sort of the woke culture. I should have brought that up with Michael Knowles today. You know, the retraining in the military, uh, to address the, uh, the, the supposed white supremacy that's going on there and all the rest. You have to have five, you have to have people who can speak out in truth, in charity, but in truth nonetheless. And those that are still serving, unfortunately, are bound, and uh, it becomes a very difficult thing to do is get uh, good conversation. So we'll we'll get some good guests on. But that's going to do it for today. Great show today. Praise be to God. It's always fun to hang out with each and every one of you. We're very grateful to you for being a part of the Catholic Drive Time family. If one of you would like to intern, volunteer for us one to two hours a week remotely, we could sure use your help. Send an email to adrian at grnonline.com. That's adrian at grnonline.com. We'll tell you all about it. Super easy. Uh, Either way, we'll see you back here tomorrow. Roe v. Wade and Michael Lofton with your toughest questions. That's on the hook for tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern on Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. God love you. God bless you. And have a great day. 